Welcome to the Bank of Me podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance builds strong cultures. Hosted by James Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a deep dive episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Bank of Me Deep Dive podcast. I am thrilled to have with me today Grace Hanna, Director of People at Communicore UK. We started our journey together a few years ago, in fact, quite a few years ago, and we're here to talk more about the work that Grace has been leading in a group of amazing people in in the radio industry. So, Grace, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I am particularly delighted to be with you today, given that it was only a few weeks ago that you were nominated as HR Director of the Year for all of the work that you've done on on culture. And when you phoned to tell me, it it genuinely gave me goosebumps. Um, But not surprising, given how much you've done around, you know, creating ambition, developing leaders, performance management, measuring your culture and and so much more. So we'd love to hear more about what you've done and and perhaps start off by telling us a little bit about Communicore and, and the business for those that don't know it sure um i mean it was uh, lovely to see you a few weeks ago and i think having that recognition especially in our industry when so many organizations are doing such brilliant work and of course all of that is so visible now um, as we're so well connected socially you can see what businesses are doing and what they're shouting about uh, communicore uk is uh, traditionally a commercial radio business um, and we've evolved into digital and marketing services We've been up and running for almost five years now, which I can't believe, but we'll be better known to people who are listening as Capital, Smooth and Heart Radio. We also have our own radio brand, which is XS Manchester. So we have nine locations from Scotland right down to South Wales, Watford, Kettering. And I'm in a group role, obviously, as, as director of people and have a team of four which support the business and enabling people to have a truly brilliant experience in their career with us. So tell us, Grace, where did you start the journey? We, we obviously know it was sort of five years ago, and I know it was an interesting formation of the business, but what what really made you think, right, I know I care about culture, but we really need to, to take up the gear and, uh, and be really more intentional about it here to make a difference? Well, I count myself as one of those quite fortunate people that actually got to start with a bit of a blank sheet of paper. So I joined the business before the business started, actually, uh, and having conversations with our CEO about what he wanted. Uh, And primarily what he wanted was for me to join and help them build a truly remarkable culture. So April 2014, there we were all together in a room launching the business. And as I say, it's not often that you all get to begin that journey together. And, And I guess it started with a really super clear set of a vision and mission and values and and at that time you know we were we were at the launch conference and and I could see all these people around the room whom I didn't know who were listening to the CEO share the company's vision mission and values and their big company goal profit goal for for the next 10 years and the belief and the ambition that they had in that but that was really where I think the belief set in in me that we had a big job to do in in building a culture from the ground up And that's not something I'd ever done before. You know, where do you start in building a culture? Where do you start in supporting a company that is on such an ambitious journey? 
with all of these people who had come together and they'd already been on a bit of a journey themselves. You know, they'd come together and in quite a unique way from different backgrounds as the company was merged and different groups to become Communicore. And then there were brand new people joining the business like me on day one back in 2014. So we had a, a unique opportunity to really do things differently. As our vision says, we're radio people who want to make a difference. We knew we had to lead our people from the front and we had to start with really clear goals for our listeners, for our customers, and from my point of view, from our people. And that was where we decided, you know, we really need to be clear about the sort of culture that we want and we need to know the first few steps that we can take to help get our people on board with that. And you mentioned, Grace, there, of course, ambition and, and a really clear set of values and vision as well, which I know is a real key part of, of that initial success and getting people to believe it, which, of course, is one of the three pillars of culture that we always talk about. But but what were those three, first three months like? Where did you really put your focus? Because there would have been so much that you could have done in that first three months. So how did you decide and where did you really put your energy? Starting the business as an HR team of one, so you really are starting from the ground up and trying to make sure, have we got the right foundations in place? And most of that becomes very practical and day-to-day. But actually, when you've got, you know, it was almost like the ink wasn't dry on the paper of the leadership team writing the company vision, our mission, when, which is to do ideas, relationships and results better than anyone else, and really helping people to understand and define our values, which were bravery, integrity and passion. And I think one of the first sort of milestones, if you like, that, that we did was understanding how do we make these more than just words? So if we want people to feel inspired and enthusiastic and just as passionate as we do, how do we help them build a bit of belief? And I think that had to be belief in what do these words mean to, to them? And so considering how we wanted to work and operate as a business with our vision, mission, values in mind. Those, they had to be the starting point for us. And so thinking about how we wanted to talk about success, enable people to understand how they could be successful and how we were going to measure that. And one of the first things that we did was consider how we were going to measure success. And and we introduced and, and came up with personal best. And, uh, you know, to to any other business, it's performance management. It's how you measure people's performance and behaviour. And for us, it was so important for that to be aligned with our vision, our mission and our values. Uh, So that was one of the first things that we put in place were really clear measures that were consistent and true to our vision, mission and values. So the, the ways that we measure success are through performance, which is how people deliver on ideas how the relationships that they develop and the results that they achieve and the way that they behave. And we measure them against being brave, having integrity and having passion in their role. And those were the six key measures that we introduced. And those are still the six key measures that we have in place today, nearly five years on. And I think that was the first step in us is really showing that we were serious that these weren't just going to be words that existed on the wall. And you do. I mean, every time I walk into your any of your locations, I see 
your values in action just from the way that people are interacting with each other and talking about the interactions they have with their customers so I think you know, it really is ingrained in in what you do every day isn't it and and you mentioned the the milestones I want to come back to those in a minute but while we're on the topic of personal best it's it's our shared passion isn't it you know performance management done in 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 a new way that really means something and helps enable people to be their best rather than uh, be a system that is monitoring it just tell us a bit more about personal best and and particularly that little gem that's in the bank of me book about integrating personal real true personal growth into uh in, into the the system and approach sure sure well i i think i came with a, a belief that of things that i definitely didn't want to do uh, when you start a new role and especially when you do a new business i think it's an opportunity to do the things that you've always wanted to do mm-hmm. and what i really wanted to make sure was that we didn't just introduce a process and people just felt like a component or a part of that process. I hate it when people say, oh, we're just ticking a box. I wanted to create an experience. And we knew that we wanted to create a culture which enabled people to develop successful careers. We wanted these to be special times. We wanted them to build a legacy with us. But how do you do that when you're just introducing another system, you know, a form for people to complete? So it was never about that for us. And actually, once you've got those measures in place, one of the things that we had to do was make sure that our managers and our leadership team really understood what those measures were, how to look for that, and how to have really good, strong, good quality conversations with their people. So investing in their development at the beginning of that journey was really important. And, you know, and that's when we started with different partners to come in and work with us to help build the belief in the leadership team and help them be clear about their roles and know how that they could best lead their people in setting themselves goals that wouldn't just enable them to tick the box or deliver the numbers. These were about goals for growth, about delivering their very best performance, about being the best version of themselves. And and one of the sort of light bulb moments I guess we had in it was, let's not just make this about work, because work is so much more than just a job, isn't it? You know, your career is such a big part of your life. Let's make sure that we're talking about life as well, enabling people to have a really good, successful balance between work and home life. And that's why we introduce life goals as well as business and performance goals within the personal best plan. And it got a brilliant reaction. And there's a whole range of things that people include in there, whether it's, you know, I'm often, you know, trying to smash my my 10K personal best time or it's people who want to, you know, save up and take the family on a fantastic trip to Florida. There's all sorts of different things in there. But what it does is it creates a feeling of we care more than about what you deliver at work. And I, I love that. And um, having having run with you many times, I know that you are fast on your 10Ks. So <laughs> I'm guessing that's not your life goal anymore because uh, you'll have moved on to, to, to other things. Now you've achieved that. But I love that fact around bringing in you know, the, the real person. So that and, and those phrases you use around being, you know, it's, it's somewhere that you would build your legacy and you build your legacy with us and special times. And so many organizations are looking to create that. I think what you've done there is something really, really to be proud of. And and for people to look at and and learn from. Now, tell us about the other milestones. So you've talked about ambition and that belief, and you've talked about the personal best. What were the other key milestones that if you look back, you'd say, I would make sure definitely I would do those again? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, and this is where I'm going to blow your trumpet now, because it was so early on in the day when we all had a, a language between us, which was, you know, let's build a really fantastic culture. But honestly, we didn't know what the recipe was. We didn't know what the first steps were that we needed to take. We all had a really clear line of sight to what we, what the end goal want, we wanted for, for the business and for each other and for our people. But we just those first steps were and and that's for is when we we made the connection with yourself with culture builders to say can you come and help us make sure that the first steps that we take as leaders are the right ones we don't want to get this wrong and, and it was such a unique opportunity in those early early days where you know we could just spend we could take that time out invest in our understanding of what does culture mean to us and I think that's where you stepped in and you know, introducing us to those three pillars, but helping us to understand. And um, so what were our beliefs? What behaviours did we want to see in the business? And therefore, what were the systems, the tools? What were the ways of working and practices that we had to introduce that would enable those two first pillars to come alive? And it was just like we came in and sprinkled some magic dust and all of our eyes opened up. And we're like, of course, this is it. We know we're... We're doing so many of the right things already. You just needed to show us a bit of the way forward. And I think that work that you did with us initially in the beginning really helped us to develop not just our understanding, but also our language between each other. And there were some real lovely little nuggets uh, that we've, you know, that we've continued through today, whether it was talking about the different types of people in our business. We still talk about people being investors the want for us to be able to grow the number of investors that we have in the business and knowing who the savers are, knowing the difference between the two. And there was, and that helped us to make some quite brave decisions at the beginning. We knew that we needed more investors at that stage of the business, but we also knew that there were a lot of people around that weren't on the journey with us. And I think being so clear about the culture that we wanted that would enable us to truly live our vision, our mission and our values so that we could achieve success together. We knew that we needed to be quite serious, uh, quite vigorous in making sure that we didn't, or rather making sure that the people who didn't want to be on the journey with us made the right decisions as well. So there was a bit of churn at the beginning where people just got off the bus. It wasn't the journey for them. And so we had quite high employee churn in those first couple of years but I think when you are so clear in communicating the type of business that this is going to be, the type of behaviours that we will demonstrate and that we will expect other people to demonstrate too, people will make the right decision about whether they stay or whether this is not for them. And that was that was quite an important first couple of years for us. And I describe that as healthy churn. So I think that was definitely a, a real good moment for us at the beginning and being really serious about the direction that we're heading in and who was coming on that journey with us. And, and it, that in itself is brave. I think you know, that's a classic bravery in action, isn't it? Because a lot of organisations yeah. that, that you and I know well, they know they need to do that, but doing it yeah. is, is a lot more difficult and, and being okay with that churn in, and seeing it as healthy churn. And, and actually for a number of people, they go off and do great things in somewhere where they can believe and, and be an investor. So great example of, of bravery in action, Grace. Thank you. Yeah. To, to, what about lessons you've learned along the way that perhaps you think, oh, you know, we tried that because you are entrepreneurial and, and and you're very good at kind of being brave and going out and trying new things. What about things that you've tried that perhaps 
you think, hmm, didn't go quite the way we planned, but we've learned from that and either tweaked it or, or in fact just stopped it because it wasn't working? Well, there's definitely things that have been a bit stumbly. I mean, some of the decisions that we've made, you know, from from working with you at the beginning, we, we went on a bit of a tour around the country and we called it the Make a Difference Tour. And it was the first opportunity for the chief exec and I to get right round the whole business. And that was about us saying, OK, we are super clear about how we can make a difference as a business. So let us help you understand how we can do that as well. So we made some really good decisions with people, like introducing mad money and, and putting almost our money where our mouth is, walking to talk and talking to people about how they can make a difference locally inside their station with each other, with their listeners and with the customers in their market. So there were some really good, healthy decisions that we made. And, you know, and that's still in place today. We also appointed culture champions around the group. And I think that's probably be, I mean, we still have culture champions here today. I think that the added responsibility of, you know, flying the flag for culture in the station, you know, it sounds like a lovely job, but often it can be, it can drop to the bottom of the list. Mm. Um, And whilst we had this vision of, you know, these flag holders in every single station, putting culture at the top of their priority list, in reality, that doesn't happen. And so what you do need to make sure is that the leader of every single team is also the culture champion, is also the person who believes the most in really having a successful team, a successful culture, doing and saying the right things and being the role model for that. So I think that's something that we still have to work hard at. And when we talk to other businesses about the culture journey that we've gone, you know, I describe appointed culture champions as one of our successes because it absolutely has been but it does ask a lot of people because I always say culture just doesn't happen by itself. Not the culture that you want. You have to make it happen. You have to think, you have to make an effort. You have to do and say the right things and you have to work together. And often that gets left to one individual to make all the decisions or do all the right things or sometimes call people out. And it's a lot of responsibility for one individual. But you do have to get it right and make sure that that person has got a bit of support. And that's something that we have to keep on working hard at so that it doesn't feel like a chore. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, they've, they've put their hands up and said, you know what, this just isn't for me. And that's OK. You know, that's not them getting off the bus. That's just them saying, you know what, it's someone else's turn to take the baton. And I think we, we just make sure that we understand that and that we're also identifying who are our other inv- real investors in the team um, that would be happy to take on that responsibility. And I think that point around you have to work at it is such a valid one because the the number of, of examples of where people put in, you know, the culture flag bearers, whatever they're called, whether they're champions or change agents or whatever they might be, and then it doesn't quite follow through. And one of the reasons it doesn't follow through is because they were set up really well, but then they weren't maintained and they weren't inspired and they weren't supported. And all of that mm-hmm. is needed, as you say, isn't it? So that those people yeah. do feel that they can still be those ones that are, are playing that role in addition to the to the remainder of their job. Um, yeah. And sometimes circulating it around. I mean, I know some some organisations do do a, a two-year stint and then people circulate or, or each year that a third of them move on, a bit like our friends at the Red Arrows. So there are ways, yeah. aren't there? And I think, you know, what you're very good at is being very intentional about kind of keeping life in those people Mm -hmm. most definitely 
you talked earlier about personal development and life goals and this whole area of of learning of growth for people I know is a huge part of the belief system that makes you so successful and so unique and gives people that wonderful experience working for you Grace well, tell us a little bit more about how you've built out that whole learning and development and growth structure and and, and approach so that people can tap into formal as well as informal learning going back to I guess personal best if you're serious about enabling people to set stretching goals that will achieve them the results and their role that they need for themselves and also for the business, then you have to give them a bit of fuel for that. And we very much see learning as as really essential fuel to enable them to achieve their goals at work and also achieve their goals outside of work and life. And we've expanded the learning that we've offered from the beginning, which started off as us developing our own academy programmes And we'll come back to how we've really developed the Leadership Academy with your five roles, Jane, because that's really something worth talking about. But where it all started was creating our own academy programmes for our salespeople, for our programming and marketing people, for our leadership team, and now for our creatives as the business has grown very much so in a creative way. We knew that we wanted our learning to be different. So all of it has been bespoke. All of it has been created getting in touch with consultants and learning partners like yourself to really help us develop a level of learning that will enable people to be really different, really transformational, whether it's in helping customers, businesses to grow and achieve results, or whether it's delivering some unmissable moments on air that listeners just don't want to get out of the car because they can't stop listening to what the presenters are talking about. That's the sort of results that we're looking for. Those are the sorts of relationships that we want to develop with our customers, with our listeners, but also inside the business as well. So your learning needs to be a little bit different. And so the academy programmes that we've that we've created have always felt quite bespoke to us. And then we've what we've done is we've grown in the ways that we've given people access to that. So We've created our own learning hub, which gives people access to lots and lots of different learning online. All of it very much focused initially on the results they needed to achieve inside their role. And then that has grown over time in the last couple of years. And much more so this year, we've really focused on giving people access to softer skills, but also thinking a bit more of some of the learning that it took from you know, coming on the Bank of Me programme. You realise the importance of having the right fuel in the tank. For you to be your best you at work, you need to be your best you in life as well. And that means looking after yourself. That means doing things that you enjoy, that make you feel good, that look after the brain, that look after the heart, that look after the body. And we've really shifted what learning means inside the business over the last sort of um, year, so year and a half. And this year introduced a lot more focus around wellness. So not just improving you know, the, the, the learning programmes and things like our sales academy, but also uh, giving people access to uh, programmes that will just inspire them to live a bit of a better life. Make, introduce some really positive habits that enable them to, you know, get up and come to work in the morning, feeling that there is a bit of balance there. And that work-life balance is a term that's used so much now, but I'm not really sure it exists everywhere. Uh, again, I think you need to work at it. And so what we wanted to do this year was give people access to the sort of learning and resources that enabled them to make some better life choices and also help cope with the challenges that life brings, whether it's with finances or family or health or or work. 
it's given them access to that so that they can make the right changes and make, introduce some positive habits in, in life. And so learning is, is so much more now. And of course, that's moved on again this year because we know that with fast moving business, that even access to all that, all that learning, online self-learning, um, even that isn't enough to truly engage everybody. Everybody is on the go all of the time. So introducing our very own podcast about eight or nine weeks ago, that was a great step for us. We know that digital listening and audio uh, is on the up, and that's the way that we engage with our customers. It's the way that we engage with our listeners. So why not apply, apply the same theory to our people as well? Um, and so we've been really enjoying coming up and creating our own podcasts and seeing the engagement of that over the last few weeks. So learning means so much more now, I think, uh, now than it even just did a couple of years ago. And we know that it's really fundamental and enable people to have a successful career in life. And I love the fact that you're using the audio element in there too. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> but uh, we, we absolutely see that the, the way of learning through audio, just like the, the podcasts that you've just talked about, and hopefully these for, for listeners, are really a key part of ongoing growth, ongoing learning, ongoing inspiration as well. So on that topic, Grace, there's so much more we could talk about, but I'm yeah. going to ask you just to, to give us, you know, what are your five top tips for anyone starting out or indeed anyone that's right in the middle of this? and are looking for new inspiration, new things to try. What would your five top tips be for creating and, and really continuing to build and nurture a great culture? Yeah, oh, it's a great question. I think it has to start with getting a really clear vision for your business. You have to know your purpose. You absolutely have to have a clear vision, a set of values and goals that everyone can understand and that everyone can connect to. And that doesn't need to be the beginning of your journey of your business. If they're not right for you, then stop. You know, be brave enough to say, do you know what? This doesn't feel like we're heading in the right direction. It doesn't feel like the map and the journey that we're on is right for us. So redo it. And I wasn't there to help write those, but I absolutely connect with every single word because we have taken the time and the care and the effort to turn that into a story and give meaning to people that they can connect with and be inspired by. And, and that shows in even now when you know, we measure engagement every six months and, and one of our top scoring questions is people feeling connected to their company vision, mission and values, that their personal values reflect our values of bravery, integrity and passion. And that didn't just happen on its own. That happened because we were clear we had such a clear line of sight of what our vision, mission and values meant to us as a business. And, and we were role models for that. So getting that right is absolutely crucial. I think the second thing is you have to get your leadership team right. We really uh, knew that our top talent, if you think about performance and behaviour as a bit of an axis, everybody wants their talent to be in that top right area. And we talk about our talent as being top right or even our top right of right. If your leaders aren't your top right of right talent, then they shouldn't be there. When we've had that churn in the business, that hasn't just been at team level. It's also been at leader level because if your leaders aren't believing and aren't giving it their best every single day, you cannot expect the team to do that. Uh, so getting the right leaders in place with the right beliefs, the right behaviours and the right talent, that's absolutely crucial. That's definitely uh, point number two. I think investing uh, the time and the effort in really defining what your culture means and whether that's working with someone like you, Jane, or someone that can really help you to understand 
and get the words off the wall, living and breathing in the way that you behave and the practices and your processes and your systems and the way that you measure success and helping your leaders to understand how they can drive that in their teams. And, and you know, and we did that with initiatives like Mad Money, like Culture Champions, like the Make a Difference Tour. And that enabled us to then start measuring engagement. And I think that's, that's absolutely the next step. Getting your people on board, treating them like shareholders, knowing who your savers are and who your investors are, and being brave enough to start to measure that. That was our next step. Uh, you know, having the confidence that our people were aligned and had the same set of beliefs as we did to be brave enough to start to measure it. And that's when you you really get a true understanding of how well people are connected and motivated. It also helps you to understand when performance isn't there or where the results aren't being delivered to what you expect. Understanding how well people are engaged will give you some of the answers. And I think number five is clearly hire a fabulous director of people so that you can hold your executive team to account and always make sure that people are at the top of the agenda. And I have to say, I'm very fortunate that I work for business where it is. It truly is, you know, being part of the executive team there, having the people strategy as a top priority is absolutely crucial. And that's what's enabled us to achieve such, such success and such high levels of engagement. And that's what enables us to get a personal best score every single time we measure engagement and we have been doing for the last few years. And therefore not surprising that you've had so much success. And, and I would agree. I mean, your point number five is a good one, Grace. You know, uh, hire the best possible director of people. But your, your vision, but also your ability to keep the language part of the, the organisation that people are using every day, your ability to be able to keep everybody held to account at a leader level and throughout the whole organisation so that these things aren't just great ideas, but that they follow through. And, and that's such a core part of, of success is, is having the ability to keep things going and it not just be the latest initiative that then fizzles out but all of what you've talked about is is real energy being put into the right places really focusing on on making a difference where it matters and keeping up with new and exciting ways of doing that that keeps engaging people so that they can be those investors people that come in and want to give their best versus those savers that come in and, and do a reasonable job but but aren't really fired up to do their best so thank you that we could talk for 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 many more hours i know and i'm sure we'll have you back to talk more about how you're progressing but meantime thank you so much for sharing some of your insights with the listeners and we look forward to continuing to see your success both in terms of engagement and people but also as it is having the impact on that that all crucial bottom line so thank you grace thanks for giving up your time and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon it's been a pleasure thanks jane Thank you for listening. Continue the journey at www.theculturebuilders.com.